At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always follow me on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Taking a look at the NCAA tournament field right now, where we're at towards the uh, in the Sweet 16, there are so many intriguing storylines, not just for these Sweet 16 games, but for the potential of games moving forward. Okay, let's start in the uh, Easter region where you have the matchup between the eight-seed North Carolina Tar Heels and the four-seed UCLA Bruins with uh, Purdue and St. Peter's in the other Sweet 16 matchup. Need we go further than to talk about the 15 seed in Purdue? I mean, excuse me, in St. Peter's against Purdue? The little engine that could. St. Peter's from Jersey City, New Jersey. Enrollment of under 2,600 students. There's probably 2,600 students in the Purdue Athletic Department. But St. Peter's now, after upsetting Kentucky and upsetting Murray State, catching 12.5 points against Purdue. What a story it would be for them to get to the Elite Eight. Looking at the history of upsets in the NCAA tournament, right? We have had two 15 seeds, or we have had, excuse me, 10 15 seeds beat two seeds. Most recently, obviously, besides St. Peter's, Last season, Oral Roberts over Ohio State. 2016, Middle Tennessee against Michigan State. 2013, Florida Gulf Coast against Georgetown. 2012, there were two 15 seeds that won. Lehigh against Duke. Norfolk against Missouri. 2001, Hampton over Iowa State. 97, Coppin State over South Carolina. 93, Santa Clara over Arizona. And 91, Richmond defeated Syracuse. In the second round, we have had three 15 seeds win their games, all over seven seeds. Florida Gulf Coast in 2013 defeated the seventh seed, San Diego State. Oral Roberts last year defeated the seventh seed, Florida, and St. Peter's beating the seventh seed, 
Murray State. How did those teams do in the Sweet 16? Well, Oral Roberts lost to Arkansas last season by just two points. So that was a close game. Florida Gulf Coast uh, lost in the Sweet 16 as well. So no 15 seed has won a Sweet 16 matchup to get to the Elite Eight. So can St. Peter's make history against Purdue? UCLA trying to get back to the Final Four where they were a season ago when they went from the first four to the Final Four as an 11th seed. I mean, that was crazy. The run that they went on. And then the way that they lost, the way that they got eliminated, losing uh, to Gonzaga in that overtime game, 93-90, to falling short of going to the national championship. UCLA trying to get back. And North Carolina trying to get back to the championship. They won it in 2017, last time they were in a national championship game. Looking over at the West, Gonzaga trying to go back to the championship. Gonzaga team, I mean, what a, a powerhouse program Mark Few has built there uh, up in Spokane. But this is a program now that is starting to get that always a bridesmaid, never a bride thing. You know, they got to the championship game in 2017 against North Carolina. And they lose. They get to the championship game last year against Baylor. And they lose. You know, they've come up short several other times besides then. Not getting to the championship game I'm talking about. So, absolutely them trying to get back and get over the hump and win a national championship would be tremendous for them. The potential of them playing against Duke having a rematch of that game that we saw here in Vegas earlier in the season when Duke won, plus the whole Coach K farewell tour thing, you just have storylines galore if Gonzaga is able to get through and if Duke is able to get through. And then talk about maybe potential Final Four matchups. You could have maybe a Gonzaga-UCLA rematch of last year's Final Four game. Or... You could have a Gonzaga-North Carolina rematch of the national championship game that happened in 2017. So all of that up for grabs here in the potential storylines of that side of the bracket. Over in the south, you got Arizona-Houston. Houston looking to um, get back to the Final Four after a season, uh, you know, season ago when they lose to Baylor. What a tremendous year that they have had. Arizona, first-year head coach, trying to, you know, coming from the Gonzaga system, and uh, uh, Tommy Lloyd coming from, he was a Mark Few assistant, and now look at what they've done all year. They've been the best team in college basketball, pretty much. The potential of them playing against Villanova in a Wildcat-Wildcat matchup. Villanova and Michigan playing each other right now 
in a rematch of the national championship game from 2018 when Villanova beat them. So there's just lots of, of potential there. And then you look down, Providence, Kansas, Iowa State, Miami. I mean, Kansas looking to uh, get back into the national championship. Um, they haven't been there since, man, 2012. Is that the last time Kansas was in the, uh, was in the championship game? Seems like it's been forever, right? But Kansas was there, yeah, 2012, the last time the Jayhawks were in the national championship game. They lose to Kentucky that year. Lots of storylines. Can we bet on the storylines? Maybe. Here are the spreads for the Sweet 16 games. You got Arkansas, Gonzaga tipping things off on Thursday. The Zags, eight and a half point favorites. Michigan, Villanova. Villanova, a five-point favorite. Texas Tech, Duke. Texas Tech, a point and a half favored over Duke. Can't argue with that, the way that Texas Tech has been playing and Duke kind of narrowly escaping in some of these games. Houston, Arizona. Arizona, only a two-point favorite over Houston. Does Arizona survive the scare in overtime against TCU and about to make a, a run here? We shall see. On Friday, St. Peter's is a 12-and-a-half-point underdog to Purdue. And this, to me, and it, as much as I want to take St. Peter's plus the 12-and-a-half, I think it's a lot of points. It just feels like this Purdue team is going to blow them out. Kind of like they did to Yale in the first round. And Purdue, like this is what I can see Purdue blowing out St. Peter's, going to the Elite Eight, and then getting blown out themselves by either North Carolina or UCLA. Like they're going to beat St. Peter's and then lose to the winner of North Carolina, UCLA. That's what I think is going to happen. But I really do want to take the 12 and a half. I just, I'm really, really worried about it. I really am. Providence, can't, oh, by the way, let's look at the uh, scores of the Sweet 16 games that have happened with these 15 seeds. And it was Oral Roberts, right, who defeated Ohio State and then beat Florida. They lose by just two to Arkansas in the Sweet 16, 72 to 70. And the other uh, one was back in 2017, and that was Florida Gulf Coast. And they were the 15th seed in the first round. Uh, they were the 14th seed. So maybe that wasn't um, 2017. Was it maybe 2018 with Florida Gulf Coast? Let's see. Uh, nope. Maybe 2016? I thought, thought they were the 15 seed. Uh, let's see about 2016. It was, let's see. The upsets, the 15th seed, Florida Gulf Coast, whatever year that was. I got to find what year it was. Uh, 20... 2013. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Okay, so in 2013, Florida Gulf Coast wins their first two-round games as a as a 15 seed, and then they go to the Sweet 16 in uh, 2013. They beat Georgetown. That's what it was, uh, their win in 2013 over Georgetown in the first round. And then they go to the Sweet 16. Where? Let's see. Let's see what they did. I know that they lost, but did they cover? That's the question that we're looking for. They lost by 12 to Florida. Wonder what the spread was in that game. But they lost by 12. So, the blowouts. Maybe, maybe not. We'll talk to Mackenzie Rivers. He'll join us in studio coming up next from Fox Sports Radio. See if he thinks St. Peter's can cover the heavy number against Purdue. This is the look ahead here on Decent. Today. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup, like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network, joined in studio by Mackenzie Rivers from Fox Sports Radio, the Dream Preview podcast. And Mackenzie, over the weekend, obviously the first four days of the NCAA tournament, it's been what everybody's talking about. I just got done talking about St. Peter's, the little engine that could. Yes, right? New Jersey. Stay from Jersey, New Jersey City. Uh, going now to the Sweet 16, do they have a chance to cover against Purdue? 12 and a half points seems like a lot. Only two 15 seeds have gotten to this point. 
We saw Florida Gulf Coast in 2013 lose by 12 to Florida. But last year, Oral Roberts only lost by two to Arkansas. A 15th seed, as you know, has never made the Final Four, and it's it's not going to happen. However, they can cover against Purdue. They can beat Purdue because Purdue's no good. <laughs> every, every data point we have for this season, and I know they're in the Sweet 16. We're going to talk about Michigan. They're in the Sweet 16. Both of these teams were top five favorites entering the season. Their odds are worse today with a couple games to go to get it all to win the championship than they were in November. That's Wild. how poorly they played game by game. You know, people making their little half point up uh, market adjustments. They played that poorly where even though they're only three games away from winning it all, they have a worse odds than they did eight months ago. That's that's incredible. I and mean, Purdue blows out Yale in, in their first game. Hey, you don't have to remind me. That's, yeah. that's, that's personal. Yeah. <laughs> they take care of business there. And then the win against Texas, which um, was a game of runs, and that happens. You know, uh, teams that go on runs tend to win games. No doubt. Uh, uh, games are, game of runs there, so they win by 10. So they've done a good job covering in both of their games now. 12 and a half just seems like a lot, but there's part of me, and, and, and I don't know how you feel, but there's part of me that feels like this is a Purdue blowout win, only to see Purdue lose by double digits to the winner of North Carolina, UCLA. That would make a lot of sense. The St. Petersburg coach was talking about St. Petersburg. St. Saint- <laughs> Peter's coach was talking about, we're never going to be out physical because we're from New Jersey. We're from New York. Yeah. You know, we, bring, <laughs> we bring the pain, but they bring about 180 pounds of pain <laughs> and against the Big West opponent in Purdue. I know if you actually look at their shot quality against Kentucky, they beat Kentucky as 18-point favorites. If you looked at the website, shotquality.com, yep. and just said, okay, every time they took a shot, all the basic models we have, how close was the defender, how good is the shooter, if we didn't know what happened after they shot, you had to close your eyes after, every time they took a single shot, Kentucky should have won that game by 22 points. Mm. So they got red hot, and Kentucky got ice cold every, day, every time down the way, but that kind of makes sense because they got nothing to lose. Yeah, uh, We saw that throughout this tournament, teams that really tensed up, Ended up losing, like Baylor, once they got you know some momentum, they got freed up, it was different. But I think St. Petersburg, they're a great shooting team. They're going to put up a lot of threes. That gives them a chance on any given night. And I don't think Purdue is any hot shake, so I think they got a chance, yeah. We got an 11-10 matchup in the Midwest region, Iowa State and Miami. I don't think anybody had that in their brackets. I had exactly that. Yeah. I had 100% well, there, perfect you were, you were the one they were talking about, <laughs> yes. I wish. But I don't think anybody predicted this, no. but... The way that Miami has played, first of all, the win against USC, I don't know why I got suckered into betting USC again. I told myself after watching them down the stretch of the season that I would never, ever bet on this team again because they look like the they look like they have no idea what to do with the basketball on offense. There is, and I forgot who the quote was, and I, I apologize deeply for whoever said this. And it, it might have been on this network, might have been on Twitter. This is not my own thought. Somebody else said this. I'm just apologizing for not giving credit. They were called the best pickup team in college basketball because that's what they look like, a pickup basketball team. That makes a lot of sense. Well, good writers borrow from other writers, great writers, yeah. steal outright. So that is now a Scott Seinberg <laughs> original. But Miami, the point is they that play, Miami took advantage there. Yeah, and they play like they're from Southern California, USC. USC yeah. And you mentioned straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. I'm a producer on, also a producer on the Dream Preview, and we do a – college basketball edition, USC was a team we've picked out early on, Mm -hmm. and we picked them against Miami, and we rode them all the way, and somehow they're not in it, and they have a 10 and 11. The highest seed ever to make the tournament since expanded was an 11 seed. This is an oddity. Happened five times. 
Mm. So like, what UCLA are the went to the Final Four UCLA last year. Last year, LSU in 1986, and we got two live dogs now: Michigan and Iowa State. Iowa State, I think. I mean, it's minus one and a half. Miami. I think they. I think they have a better team. I think they're just as good as Miami, if not better. Is that the greatest turnaround that you've seen in college basketball? They were two and 22 last season. And now they're in the Sweet 16. Yes, that is the greatest cut turnaround. That is a 20-plus game swing. <laughs> it's less than nine months, too, because the season was pushed. But it's just uh, right. uh, unbelievable. Right. Uh, if you told me in the beginning of the season, Purdue, Iowa State are both going to make it the Sweet 16, I'd be like, one of those makes perfect sense. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Uh, you mentioned Michigan. Uh, this is a team that has underachieved this year. But talent-wise, they do have the yeah. players to win games. That's why they beat Colorado State and they beat Tennessee, who you could argue was as hot as any team in the country coming into that game. Now they match up against Villanova. My pick to win the national championship, by I the too. way. Yeah. But there we go. go. Great minds. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and to me, this is where the run comes to an end. But I've also seen this game before, and I've seen Michigan win this. You mentioned the talent. It kind of blows my mind. I just looked 100-1 to 1 available right now on Michigan. They were 12-1 to 1 with this roster, again, six months ago. I think there's actual value on Michigan, even though I like Villanova in the game, and I picked Villanova in my bracket to win the championship, because the power ratings, yes, it's 100-1, to 1, and if you do the math, you know, that's the likelihood, but they're going to be upgraded so much if they could possibly hang with Villanova and beat them. Villanova, number one free throw shooting team, obviously the, probably the best coach team mm -hmm. left in the tournament, in my opinion. But Juwan Howard, he won coach of the year last year. He doesn't get a lot of credit for uh, being a great coach. But, I mean, a couple years in, ATS-wise, he's 56%. He beats expectations over and over again. Yeah. Uh, right now up on DraftKings, actually, you got Michigan 60-1. to 1. So it has has moved down. Yeah, I down. saw 100-1 to 1 at Westgate, 60-1 yeah. to 1 at the good people at DraftKings. I think 60 to 1 makes more sense. I think they put that up to taunt me 100 yeah. to 1. I'm, I'm like, what? They were the third favorite six months ago. They well, have the same team. Yeah, Villanova before the tournament was 25 to 1. Now they're down to 14 to yeah. 1 to, to win it all. Uh, and then the other game that really is really the, the spot that's intriguing for me is Arizona Houston. Arizona survives against TCU. Yeah. And give TCU credit, man. They've beat Kansas late in the year. Then the follow-up game, they played them tightly. Here in the tournament, they dominate Seton Hall, and then they hang with Arizona. And, and should it have been a foul call at the end? I like the fact that the refs let them play, but I've never seen a kid get pushed like that and not have a foul call. Uh, but Arizona does win in overtime. Now they're only a two-point favorite over Houston. Surprising to me because Houston, you know, fifth seed, they had a lot better season than that, but they're still without their two best players. I think there's, it's a matchup style. It's a, a style of matchups here. Arizona has yeah. been able to push the pace in both games. Houston wants to slow it down. And here's my thing. There was, without their two best players, you don't play good defense because you have your two best players. You play good defense because of Calvin Sampson, because of the kind of system they have. That said, Arizona, I think, is just, I mean, power ratings-wise, I think they're just clearly better. Yeah. I think that's, that is the side to look at. I would think so as well, as well as as Houston has played as much as they've kind of defied expectations trying to get back to the Final Four. Arizona is arguably the best team in college basketball. And yep. going into this tournament, they were one of the teams that everyone believed could win it all. And I'm just really looking forward to an all-Wildcats matchup in the regional final between Arizona and Villanova, just so I can guarantee 
<laughs> that the Wildcats will win the game and go, go to the Final Four. Go Cats. <laughs> exactly. You, you, uh, men, you mentioned um, how good Arizona is, and I mentioned the pace, the, the style of matchups. There's two teams that play an elite pace, NBA-style pace, get up and down and shoot it, and are good team, top 10 in the Ken Palm Power Ratings. Gonzaga's won. They've struggled. They've missed, two, they've missed against the spread both games. Didn't look impressive at all to me against Memphis. Their title odds have barely improved. They went from 225 to plus 175 at the latest book I looked at. That's nothing. You win two games and your odds barely improve, so that's a down arrow to me. That puts Arizona in a catbird seat. No one plays that fast and that good and has showed up in this tournament besides Arizona. Yeah, and uh, this was an impressive win because you like to see teams that are favored, as heavily favored as they are, Take a be, punch. Be pushed, yeah, yeah. pushed with their bat and see how they respond after take, getting a punch in the face. And I think Arizona responding, winning, they could have very easily lost that game in overtime. Uh, but the way that they responded after getting punched in the mouth and, and they come out, they get the win, I think they'll actually roll here against Houston. And the storyline with Arizona is that they've been, they've talent-wise, number-wise, efficiency-wise, they're great, but they're a young team. No one yeah. wins with freshmen. Well, a young team gets a lot older, gets a lot mature, yes. gets a lot wiser. When they have that, you know, scary moment where they're down against a team that's much worse than them and they Boy, get the win. And how great of a storyline would that be if they get to the national championship against Gonzaga, Tommy Lloyd against Mark Few, who was his uh, assistant for a while. He's Mackenzie Rivers from Fox Sports Radio. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We'll continue to talk about the brackets coming up next. This is The Look Ahead on VEASAN. VSIN, the sports betting network. Drink smooth, draft smart, make it count. Compete free this March with the Whiskey and Wins series presented by Jack Daniels. Play in eight free contests for your shot at a share of $24,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Jack Daniels now to join the action. Jack Daniels, make it count. 21 and over only, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VEASAN, rejoined by Mackenzie Rivers from Fox Sports Radio, the Dream Preview Podcast here in studio. And uh, when it comes down, let's finish up this talk here about the brackets. Who, in your opinion, has the best chance to get to the championship game based on the way that the bracket is laid out right now at the Sweet 16. It's unfortunate because I don't think this team is very good. I think Houston's better. <laughs> I think Texas Tech is better. And they have very little chance. Texas Tech plus 400 right now to make the Final Four. And that team is Kansas because the great gods of the NCAA tournament have said, Bill Self, uh, here's a bunch of teams that aren't very good. Mm. Go ahead and try and beat them. And they got even more help as the tournament went on. But Providence... Great story, love the coach, you know, love the scenes every time they win by two and everyone's celebrating, but I don't believe that's sustainable. I think they're just not that good. Kansas minus 150, I think I think that's probably the best value and best odds to make the Final Four. Yeah, they'll beat Providence, and then it's a matchup with Iowa State or Miami. So you get to the Final Four, and then you see what As happens. successful as 11 yeah. seeds, we said in our last segment, five 11 seeds have made it, no 12 seeds, no 13 seeds, never. Five 11 seeds, and there's two left. Wouldn't be surprised if one of them makes it Michigan or Iowa State. Uh, which matchup are you, which potential storyline matchup are you looking forward to the most? I'll give you Gonzaga Duke rematch of a game we saw here in Vegas earlier in the season. Gonzaga UCLA potential rematch of the Final Four game from a season ago. Overtime thriller. Yep. 
uh, Gonzaga-North Carolina rematch of the championship game from 2017. Villanova-Michigan now, which is a rematch of the championship game from 2018. Uh, or I'll give you, no, just between those. Which one intrigues you the most? Um, coach K is from Chicago, so I got to give him props for that. Repping, you know, being a great coach. Any any great person from Chicago has my respect. <laughs> that said, I would love to see him lose to the best team so far the past, past couple years in college basketball, Gonzaga. That's the best storyline. Mark Few, he's been to the mountaintop twice now, lost both times mm-hmm. as a favorite. Last year they lost. They were five-point favorites. They lost by 15. That's a 20-point ATS margin. That's the largest gap any team has had in a championship game. Wow in Vegas recorded sports history. UNLV did get blown out by 30 one time by Duke, but no one was allowed to take a bet legally in Vegas because uh-huh. that was back when UNLV was barred from that kind of thing. But I think that's a huge storyline. Will Coach K get his sixth championship, or can Mark Few finally cast off the demons of the championship title bout? He has built such a, a program. It's a dynasty now. Yeah. And it, I, I kind of – I was thinking about this. I was talking to my producer, Jason, o- over the weekend – about St. Peter's and their chance to, you know, it would be the greatest Cinderella run ever. And I'm starting to think, what was, like, some of the best Cinderella runs? And, yeah, we could talk about 85 Villanova. We could talk about Jimmy V's NC State squad. But those are power five schools. Or what? I think that Butler going to back-to-back national championships You're talking was about my guy now. the greatest story that we've had in the NCAA tournament. And I wonder, if Brad Stevens stayed there, could he have built at Butler – what Mark Few has built at Gonzaga. Because it could have been very easy for Mark Few to leave Gonzaga after they had success for a couple of seasons, but instead he has stayed there. He's a lifer there. He's not going anywhere. He loves it up there in the Pacific Northwest, and he has built a dynasty. Brad Stevens, we saw the success he had in the NBA. He could have done that at Butler. And I still think he's very successful doing what he's doing with the Boston. That's my team. He covered 55% of his games. I'm never going to say a bad word about Brad Stevens, but – the what if is a major talking point to me because Duke wasn't always Duke. Duke was some school for forever. Until Coach and K. And then Coach K yeah. said, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to bring Grant Hill, NBA caliber player, and I'm just going to completely revitalize this. And Gonzaga does it with every kind of player. Uh, Drew Timmy's probably not going to play in the league. He's probably going to uh, win a couple Euro championships. Mm-hmm. You know, He has all the skill in the world. Shet Holmgren, I think he had had a terrible game against Memphis. He was scared. He didn't shoot. Had some bad fouls, had some bad turnovers. I would take him number one overall. I think his he's upside. Yeah. He had seven blocks. He's a seven foot guard. He's a seven. <laughs> he's, he's Kevin Durant. I mean, he's really Kevin Durant. Yeah. I mean, he he can't lift two hundred pounds over his head right now. Neither well, that, could Durant. Well, I'll give you another Kevin. He's Kevin Garnett or Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many comps. I mean, with that kind of skill at that age, really, the sky's the limit. Yeah, well, I'm talking about body type, you know. Exactly, he's that kind like of Garnett. skill, yeah. and he could be 250 pounds and a seven-footer. I mean, you can imagine that guy should take well, shape. Everyone's talking about him being too small. Once he gets into the NBA, yeah. they're going to build him. He's going to gain 25 pounds in the offseason. When is the time that anyone has ever been called too skinny, and then their problem in the NBA was they're too skinny? Steph yeah. Curry, no problem. <laughs> Kevin Durant, no problem. They might stink. They might not be able to play the game of basketball like Kwame Brown. <laughs> they can gain some weight in the offseason. We, we, we have the technology. Yeah, or we know in, how to do it. Or in Zion's case, gain too much weight. Yeah, there uh, <laughs> Speaking of the NBA, the hottest team is the Detroit Pistons. They, are, they have covered 14 straight games in a row, or 13-0-1 if you got the push at the four-point line against the Clippers. If you got it at four and a half, 
This is this team has covered 14 straight now. They go for 15 Monday night against the God awful Blazers who love to lose games by 30 points. Pistons are laying seven. I'm laying it with them, McKenzie. I wouldn't look any other direction. The first half might be an interesting direction here. You mentioned 14 straight in my book. Got him at plus five that night. Uh-huh. ATS winners. 15 straight first half ATS winners. Okay. And if you broke it up, second half, first half, 100% of their beating expectations has been in the first half. Cade Cunningham, who I think might be a sneaky uh, rookie of the year candidate, hit a 40-foot shot to, to cover the second it. half. I was watching at the Rampart, and then and beautiful, <laughs> and I beautiful, and they, everyone's watching college basketball, and I got the one the one TV in the corner on the right. Pistons game, and and after it was a couple of the free throws made, I'm like, oh no, no doubt about and it. There's three <laughs> seconds left. They inbound to Cade, and he go, I go wait, I go just shoot it, just shoot it, just shoot it. And he pulls up and drains the deep three for the cover. Unbelievable. So you got there in the second half. If you were playing in the first half, you, you would have won. Covered easily. You covered yeah. by seven. They won straight up by yep. five. So I have to ask myself, what is the fundamental reason for this? I think there's two things going on. One thing is for a long time, the Pistons were just considered, you know, road trash in the, in the NBA. They're the team you get an easy win on. So teams were surprised in the first half. Like, wait a minute. Sadiq Bay, Cunningham, they're actually doing some stuff. Also, I think we got to give credit to the former coach of the year. It's been a good year for black uh, basketball coaches with, you know, four different ones making the Sweet 16. And former coach of the year, Dwayne Casey, is setting them up for success in the first half. You can't – it has to be game plan when it's so consistent in the first half. It's been a month now, 15 straight covers in the first half. They're a lot better team than we expected, you know, a month ago. So – You'd rather play the Pistons first half against the Blazers rather than Pistons full game. Yes, because okay. what so often happens with the Blazers is uh, other teams forget that they're playing an NBA basketball team. They were a record or a season-high 20-point dogs versus the Jazz. I turned it on in the third quarter. They were down by 65 points. And then by the end of the game, they lose by 30. It doesn't seem crazy, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, they are a level of bad currently without Damian Lillard, without Yusuf Nurkic, with no real plan, with a first-year head coach, who I think might be decent, and Chauncey Billups, they are probably, I don't know, the Thunder are trying hard to catch them. Yeah. They're probably the worst NBA team we've ever seen right now on a nightly basis. And Anthony Simons, he puts up 30 shots a night. I don't think he's a starter. I mean, he has a lot of potential. They have a lot of players like that where they're bringing in their move. Do you think Damian Lillard wants to come back? If I'm Damian Lillard, no. would I want to put my brand, nope. my nope. face? nope. nope. No, you wouldn't want to do it. So Pistons go into the locker room up probably double digits. Yes, yeah, exactly. And you, you don't have to lay seven. You have to lay four probably four, yeah. for the first and half. And it's probably yeah. – and it, it, they'll probably have it. It's going to be 60 to – it's going to be like maybe 60 to 40 at the end of the first half, yeah. something like that. And if you, look, if you look at the Pistons' ATS streak, they've actually been just as good expectations-wise on defense and on offense. So it's not like, oh, the Blazers might get hot. and No, they have a, a balanced team – just a lot better than they had a month ago. Wizards laying five on the road against the Rockets. Houston's second game of a back-to-back. The Wizards just snapped a six-game losing streak. So now they're feeling good about themselves after a, a win against the Lakers. We, we ride in the Wizards here. we got about a minute left. I think, the, uh, I think the Wizards are the play here. How do the Houston Rockets lose by 14 to the, to the Grizzlies with, without John Morant? And then I look back in my notebook and I say, wait a minute. The Memphis Grizzlies are 14-2 yeah. straight up in ATS when Morant doesn't play. 
So that leaves a big question mark. Generally, when teams play the Lakers, that's the deep game, the game they get up for and not versus the Rockets. So that would that would send let down for the Wizards. Maybe Houston is the play. Houston has lost now one, two, three, four, five straight games. They can't lose them all, right? He's Mackenzie Rivers. You check him out, Fox Sports Radio, the Dream Preview Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. Does a great job and always happy to have you in studio. But I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. To bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Tim Murray. They have insights on every key team conference and player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VSIN through the end of the tournament, April 5th, for only $19 at vsin.com slash madness. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Taking a look at the schedule here for Monday, let's read down what we got in the NBA. Pelicans are at the Hornets with uh, Charlotte as a six-point favorite. Lakers are in Cleveland against the Cavs. Cavs are a six-point favorite. Blazers are in Detroit. The Pistons are a seven-point favorite. Detroit has covered 14 straight games and 15 straight in the first half. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. So I will be playing Pistons in the first half. I will be playing Pistons 
for the full game. The Miami Heat are at the Sixers with Philly, a one-point favorite right now. The Jazz are in Brooklyn to take on the Nets. The Nets are one-point favorites. Bulls host the Raptors. Chicago is a four-point favorite. Wizards are at the Rockets, and uh, D.C. is a five-point favorite, and they fit the swagger play uh, that our very own Dave Tooley mentioned. They snapped a six-game losing streak by beating the Lakers. This is their follow-up game after getting that first victory. The Celtics will take on the Thunder and Boston laying 13 and a half. And while I love the way that Boston has been playing, arguably one of the top teams in the NBA, OKC is the second best team in the league against the spread. So hard to bet against them getting that high of a number. Celtics will get the win, but OKC might get the cover. Timberwolves are in Dallas to take on the Mavericks and Dallas is a three and a half point favorite. Minnesota has won nine of their last 10 games. So maybe backing Minnesota at the uh, plus the three and a half is worth a look. But really, the story for me on Monday is all about the Detroit Pistons. Uh, We talked about it with Mackenzie Rivers last segment, the 15 straight covers in the first half, the 14 straight covers overall uh, in just the game spread, laying seven at home against a Blazers team that is just awful. And I mean awful. They are just not trying. They, they It's a shame because they haven't been that far out of a playoff spot. And if this team just won a couple of games, they might be in contention here to get into the play-in tournament. But they've been losing, losing a lot, and losing by big numbers, losing by 30 points night in and night out. So there's only one way to play this game. Well, there's two ways to play this game. It's the Pistons in the first half and the Pistons for the full game. Let's take a look at what's going on in the NHL. Just four games on your Monday schedule. The Bruins are in Montreal to take on the Canadiens. Boston is minus 240 with a total of six. I absolutely love the over six in this game. In the last nine games, Montreal is 8-0-1 to the over. Let's just take a look at their last nine games. Their most recent game, a 5-1 victory over the Senators, was a push of the total of six. 4-3 loss to Dallas, goes over six. 6-3 loss to the Coyotes, goes over. 4-3 to the Flyers, over. 4-3 to the Kraken, over. 5-3 against the Canucks, over. 5-2 against the Oilers, over. 5-4 against the Flames, over. 8-4 against the Jets, over. That is eight straight overs, and they just had the push against the Senators. So 8-0-1 in their last nine games to the over. Give me over six goals, Montreal and Boston. The Vegas Golden Knights take on the uh, Minnesota Wild. Minnesota minus 160 with a total of six and a half. Vegas fighting for a playoff spot. Montreal, excuse me, uh, Minnesota fighting as well to improve on their seeding. I do think that Vegas has been playing well as of late. They've won two straight. Uh, I, I don't know if I can back Vegas on the money line, but what I might like here is Vegas on the puck line, plus a goal and a half. It's like minus 160 right now. Do think that this game could be a one-goal game 
Uh, Minnesota has won two straight as well. They're one point back of St. Louis for second place in the Central Division, tied with Nashville. And Vegas is uh, in the, currently in possession of the second wild card in the Western Conference. They are two points back of Edmonton for the third spot in the Pacific Division. So uh, they're coming off a big win where they beat the Kings 5-1. to one. That was on the heels of a 5-3 victory over the Panthers, both those games uh, at home. And prior to that, Vegas had lost five straight games all on the road. So now they go back on the road to Minnesota. Have they cleaned things up? Does Vegas look a little better now over the past couple of games? Yes. Uh, I, I don't know if I can take them to win, but maybe I can take them just to lose by one. So give me plus a goal and a half. Oilers against the Avalanche in Colorado. The Colorado is minus 200. Second best home team in all of hockey to the Panthers. And... I don't think they're going to lose this game. However, and I do say however, Edmonton has won five straight games, and they are playing really well. They're two points ahead of Vegas for the second spot in the Pacific Division, two points back of L.A. for the second spot in the Pacific Division. I don't know if I can bet against this team right now with the way that they're playing and the way that they're scoring. McDavid, Dreisaitl. And just, I can't can't bet against Colorado at all with how good they've been, especially at home. I might take a look at the total in this one. Total is six and a half, which is high. But look at the goal output in the last couple of games here for the Oilers. 6-3 over the Devils, 6-1 over the Sabres, 7-5 over the Red Wings, 4-1 over the Lightning, 4-3 over the Capitals. They lose 3-1 to the Flames, 5-2 over the Canadiens, 4-3 over the Blackhawks. A lot more overs than unders as of late. As for the Avalanche, they've actually had a 5-3 win over the Sharks, but they had a three unders in a row as they win 3-0 against the Flames, 3-0 against the Kings. They get shut out and lose 2-0 to the Hurricanes, but before that, 5-3 against the Devils, 5-4 against the Islanders, 4-3 against the Flames. So the potential for goals is there with both of these teams. Uh, hey, give me a 3-3 overtime game. We'll hit that total of 6.5. Predators against the Ducks. As talented as I think Troy Terry, Trevor Zegras are, and these young Ducks do have the ability to win games, they are in a free fall. And they have lost six straight games. Some of them have been close, but they have lost six straight games. They have traded away defensive players. They just traded away Lindholm. And I got to believe that it's going to negatively affect this team because they know that they're in a rebuild. Their general manager, Pat Verbeek, knows that they're acquiring draft stock and everything. And they're just, the team knows that, Yes, they're not that far out of a playoff spot, but they're not going for it either. So I think the trades negatively affect the morale in the locker room. This team knows that they're not going for it. That's why they've lost six straight games. So I think Nashville gets the job done there in uh, Anaheim as the Predators are two, are tied with Minnesota for the third spot in the Central Division, just a point back of St. Louis for the two-spot. So a win in Anaheim certainly flips the standings 
in the Central Division. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money at 8.30 a.m., Frank Martin, former South Carolina, Kansas State head coach, will join the program. 9 a.m., Doug Gottlieb, uh, Westwood One college basketball analyst. And at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Zach Jackson uh, covering the Browns for the Athletic as Deshaun Watson is the new quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Jacoby Brissett is his backup. And the team will trade Baker Mayfield. Who knows where he ends up. But the Browns are the favorite right now in the AFC North. And I'm going to sell on that because they are not winning this division. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Official plays here for Monday. Canadians, Bruins over six. Pistons first half. Pistons full game. We're looking for 3-0. and here on Monday and taking these good vibes into the start of a new profitable week. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This, this, at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.